Head to netsuite.com slash briefing now for their one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Hey, everyone. I'm David Chalian, the CNN political director. This is the CNN political briefing. Here's what you need to know in politics for Wednesday, August 30th. Mother Nature doesn't care if you live in a red state or a blue state, or if the country's in the midst of a presidential campaign cycle. When disaster strikes, leaders who meet the moment successfully put politics aside, temporarily at least. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis is facing a new leadership test this week as he hit the pause button on his presidential campaign to be back home in Florida and manage his state through the crisis of Hurricane Idalia. The hurricane is moving northeast as we record this podcast after making landfall in Florida as a Category 3 storm earlier today. And while Adalia has been diminishing over time, it doesn't mean its impact isn't devastating. Storm surges from Hurricane Adalia are setting records for highest water levels in multiple locations on Florida's Gulf Coast, from the Tampa Bay area, up through the Big Bend region in the western part of the state. Adalia's threatening Georgia and the Carolinas with damaging winds and storm surges there, too. Governor DeSantis said hundreds of thousands of people are without power in the Sunshine State, and search and rescue teams have been deployed. DeSantis said the eye of the hurricane has left the state of Florida as of this afternoon, and they are still assessing what recovery efforts will look like for some counties. Stabilize, rescue, recovery, whatever needs to be done right off the bat, uh, power, save lives, all that. That's with it without saying. But then there will be damage assessments to see what all we're looking at in terms of in terms of damages in each of these counties. There is going to be debris, of course. That's going to be something that's going to need to be done. Uh, these counties are not going to be able to afford that on their own, of course, even with a 75 percent cost share with the federal government. And so I would imagine that the, the state would want to help these fiscally constrained counties. This is the fourth major hurricane to hit Florida in the last seven years. And Ron DeSantis is no stranger to the intersection of storm management and response and a political campaign. Hurricane Ian devastated large swaths of the state last September while DeSantis was running for re-election as governor. When asked yesterday how long he'll be in Florida, given that he is in the midst of a presidential campaign, DeSantis said he'll be there for as long as necessary. You remember Ian, we were in the midst of, of, a, of a governor campaign. I had all kinds of stuff scheduled, not just in Florida, around the country. You know, we were doing different things. And, you know, you, you, you do what you need to do. I mean, and so that's what we're doing. So it's going to be no different than what we did. Now, as most listeners to this podcast know, Ron DeSantis is no fan of Joe Biden's. He's running to replace him as president of the United States. And yet they have both been in contact with each other on multiple occasions now since the gathering threat of the hurricane was clear and in the immediate aftermath of making landfall to sort of highlight the leader to leader, federal to state government response. This is part of their day jobs. And even though they disagree pretty vehemently politically, they both have a moment here to show leadership to rise above the partisan politics. 
I think he trusts my judgment and my desire to help. And I trust him to be able to suggest that he's, this is not about politics, it's about taking care of the people of the state. President Biden went before cameras today to address the federal government response to Adalia. We surged personnel to Florida to help the state move people quickly to safety and out of a danger zone and to help the governor and his team to the greatest degree possible in advance, in advance of the hurricane's arrival. And I directed the FEMA to redeploy resources, including up to 1,500 personnel and 900 Coast Guard personnel throughout the southeast. In addition to being in touch with the governor of Florida, Biden has also been in contact with the governors of Georgia, South Carolina, and North Carolina as the storm continues to make its way out to the Atlantic. President Biden's FEMA chief, Deanne Criswell, said she'll be traveling today to meet with Governor DeSantis tomorrow to assess the storm's damage. When pressed on whether or not Biden still plans to travel to his vacation home in Delaware this weekend, White House press secretary said there are no changes or additions to the president's travel schedule at this time. Now, this moment of federal response from President Biden comes on the heels of some criticism that he received about his response to the Maui fires. You'll recall he was on vacation in Lake Tahoe. He departed from his vacation spot there with the First Lady to fly to Hawaii last Monday and inspect on the ground the damage done by those fires in Maui uh, before heading back to the rest of his vacation. So today, President Biden also made sure to address where things stand currently with his administration's efforts to respond to that crisis. I'm directing my administration to continue working with urgency and focus to help the people of Maui on their journey of recovery and healing. And we're going to make sure you are healed and you're in better shape than before. He also announced the Energy Department will provide $95 million from the infrastructure law to harden Hawaii's electrical grid in the aftermath of the fires. The goal here is for that electrical infrastructure to become more fire resistant and hopefully reduce wildfire risk. Last week's visit gave Biden an opportunity to try and demonstrate in-person compassion and dispel some of that early backlash that he had received from local folks on the ground in Hawaii. When photos of him emerged on the beach in Delaware as people were combating the reality in Maui that these fires were causing. Ron DeSantis was one of those critics of President Biden at the time. Give a listen to what he said at the Fox News debate last week. Biden was on the beach while those people were suffering. He was asked about it. He said, no comment. Are you kidding me? As somebody that's handled disasters in Florida, you got to be activated. You've got to be there. You've got to be present. You've got to be helping people. So the mission for any leader in moments like this is twofold. You have to show supreme competence that the government, whether federal or state that you are overseeing, is firing on all cylinders, responding to the needs of the people. That's One, and probably most important. And then two, there are sort of the optics of leadership in this moment, of being able to demonstrate real compassion and sympathy and consolation to victims and families that are living through these crises. You know, the the latter, that compassionate piece, has been a calling card of Joe Biden's for much of his career, though that too came in for some criticism in his visit to Hawaii. So we'll see 
how he addresses that piece of it in response to what occurred in Florida today. DeSantis is not really known for his overly compassionate response. That isn't sort of the nature of his public image. So he's been leaning heavily into the competence piece of this, all in the buildup to and in the frequent briefings after the hurricane came ashore, trying to constantly demonstrate to the residents of Florida, of course, his constituents, but to the nation more broadly, that he is able to manage through a crisis. Modern American political history is littered with examples of when this can go right and when this can go wrong. And it is perilous, this intersection of politics and crisis management of your day job. Uh, The single best example is probably George W. Bush dealing with the Hurricane Katrina in New Orleans back in 2005 and appearing to be overseeing a federal response that was incompetent and how badly that damaged his public perception. Katrina uh, exposed serious problems in our response capability at all levels of government. And to the extent that the federal government uh, didn't fully do its job right, I take responsibility. And then, of course, in the midst of the final days of the 2012 presidential election, there was Superstorm Sandy that went up in New Jersey and New York. And Chris Christie, the Republican governor and strong supporter of Mitt Romney's at the time, you know, welcomed Barack Obama, the president of the United States, with open arms to his state to help and welcome any federal aid and response that could help his state through that moment. And so uh, I discussed all those issues today with the president, and I'm pleased to report that um, he has sprung into action immediately. So I want to thank him for that. He, of course, infamously hugged Barack Obama. Republicans were not so eager to see Christie a very high-profile Republican at the time, in such a buddy-buddy moment with their nemesis, Democratic President Barack Obama. And in fact, even as recently as last week's debate, Vivek Ramaswamy made reference to this in one of his retorts to Christie's attack on him. Same type of amateur standing on stage tonight. Come on, give me a hug. Give me a hug just like you did Obama. Same type of amateur. This is one of those areas where good policy and good management tend to take care of the politics for politicians from either side of the aisle. That's it for today's political briefing. Thanks so much for listening. And if you like the show, please consider rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move to NetSuite. Backed by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com briefing, netsuite.com briefing.